divertie. C'est une grenouille. Répète, grenouille. Grenouille. Non, Gertie, ce n'est pas juste. Il faut que tu dises une grenouille. Welcome back to Noise Extra. I'm Gray Holger, here with my co-host Tara Connolly. Hello. And Mike Connolly. Hello. And you know, I always say welcome back to Noise Extra. This might be your first episode. This might be the first you know, time you're hearing us. That is true. You oh, know, you never welcome know. Welcome to Noise I, Extra I, then, hey. Sure. Welcome back or welcome to. Just welcome to Noise Extra. <laughs> <laughs> What's and, up, Gray? Oh, man, just listen to this really, really weird record from 1998. Like, truly yes. strange. It's unusual, right? Yes. It was thrilling. We are finally getting to a full broom episode. Yeah, this is, uh, man, strange. Really threw me for a yeah. loop. Yeah, I mean, I know we, we uh, Tara and I had been been in a big broom zone kind of at the beginning of this year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, of course, we did the seven inch on drone on our Patreon as well as the split with molest. But this is our first full length broom episode. And it's and, kind of a different side of broom. Well, I think every side of broom yes, is a exactly. different side of broom. And I think that's <laughs> the thing with broom. I mean, you don't necessarily know what you're going to get, but you know you're going to get something that you haven't heard before. And I can safely say that there's really nothing else like this CD. Uh, the CD being normal. And I, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, it is the first uh, release CD that we've done, uh, at least since... Well, because uh, Venereology is on Relapse proper, right? Right, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I think this uh, is the first... Or it was Relapse slash mistaken, release. Right, yeah. I'm, I'm saying this off the cuff, so uh, may, may, we may... Uh, Maybe may, somebody may, knows may, something we don't. Prove us wrong. that. <laughs> But um, but yeah, this is on this is on release from 1998. Really, uh, kind of surprising, just because I tend to think of the relapse release era as the mid 90s, and this is on the tail end. After it kind of seems like they'd given up on putting out noise. But I think release continued for a while after that, and yes, it wasn't necessarily straight noise. After that, they did do projects like Vidna Amana. Uh, and some other stuff after that. So I think they weren't necessarily doing... I think Taro Machine is kind of the last of the full-on harsh noise. And then after that, they were still doing, you know, for lack of a better term, experimental stuff. Because this CD, again, this CD as well as the Dissecting Table uh, CD, Life, um, these I, I, I associate these with... Um, with the radio station, because we had these CDs at the radio station. So, again, it was mm-hmm. kind of like the, this CD was actually a very early, uh, you know, noise CD for me because, um, you know, we just, you know, play tracks on the radio and stuff like that. But this is one of those things where we Tara and I listened to the CD last night and then listened to it again today. And totally different. I almost couldn't have really wild. Almost feels like we didn't listen to it last night <laughs> yeah I can, you know what i mean though but I it has that. that yeah i was in a totally different state of mind and it absolutely felt different now yeah 
And this one's a really good one. And again, it's a really good one to crank. And it's and again, it has that great that great professional mastering. Um, it fills the room in just a psychotic way. <laughs> I was trying to see how when the last time release released something, and it looks like 2004, which is later than I thought. No, definitely because and then they kind of converted into Desolation House. Yeah, so it looks like 2004. You, that that side of things <laughs> kind of became Desolation House. You know what though? We're we're getting way way far ahead of ourselves. We oh, oh we are. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> we were just so eager to jump in. What are you listening to? Kind of on the tail end, still, still uh, was. We were still visiting some Richard Ramirez and Deadline mm-hmm. stuff since the uh, Black Leather Jesus episode. Um, but really, we were just listening to uh, some Broom and Christian Renault stuff, gearing up for this episode. Uh, the Broom CD, No Thing, uh, on Style Plot. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well as the Christian Renault Anemone Tube collaboration CD. Anemone. Anemone. Why is that Anemone. so hard to oh, say? I, that is a Anemone that is tube. a mic proof word <laughs> for <laughs> Will sure. Will never be said. Um, uh, but yeah, that was that was so like lovely that, and like, atmospheric. It absolutely nothing like this album. Well, but, I, but there are parts that you could there were yeah segments seg- that certainly related to yes. it, and you could see like piecemeal how it was added in, but. You know, it, the anemone tube is just such a, a smooth yes. um, vibe. So atmospheric, really, really visual. Um, it's great. It's it's really nice to read, too. Yeah, yeah. And that was kind of the last thing uh, we listened to before hitting play again on Normal, which we had mm-hmm. also listened to And I wouldn't night. just read to Normal unless you were reading, like, what, like Philip K. Dick or something pretty wild. Yes, yeah. yes. I would say. And, and uh, Chris You'll Renaud, get startled a lot. Chris Renault would... <laughs> probably uh, appreciate that yeah. as he listed <laughs> Philip K. Dick as being a, being a uh, inspiration. Absolutely. So, uh, but yeah, so it's just kind of, ju- just kind of getting ourselves in the Christian Renault world. Um, uh, yeah. The, the broom, no thing CD on stop plots, another, again, a super out there weird one that, you know, yep. you can kind of see hints in this, but again, it's just it's it's its own beast for sure, uh, as as a lot of broom stuff is. You know, like you said, it, it goes a lot of different places. What about you, Gray? What have you been listening to? Well, uh, we didn't really do a recent listening when we talked to Richard and Sean, so I didn't mention that I listened to uh, Bleeding Head Wound and Torturous Chamber. Those two oh. reissues. De- definitely yes so so have we those the mm-hmm. and i do i feel bad that we didn't actually we you know we were we were so caught up in our conversation that yeah there's some great couple new reissues uh of of richard's stuff out right now in old europa cafe and i love mm-hmm. torture chapter i think i did i had mentioned that one uh maybe a few episodes ago uh, that is a fantastic yes. Black Lives of Jesus. And one. didn't Amethyst Sunset have something? Amethyst Sunset also recently reissued Bible of Burnt Skin. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. That, it came out earlier this year on LP. So yeah, there's been a lot of really cool uh, Ramirez reissues. Of course, Amplified Tactics uh, on Hospital from last year. Uh, there's been a lot of really cool uh, old Ramirez stuff kind of coming to light recently. So, but yeah, how how great is Bleeding Head Wound and Torture Chapter? Yeah, they're they're great great discs. Uh, Different and uh, really like a nice pair together. I think um, I uh, amplified tactics. I, I was thinking the other day that like I have the the CD version of it, and I looked, and there was indeed one. Yeah. Uh, also on hospital, and I thought that that was yep. a cool uh, 
I like I like that like he reissued something that he had already issued. I think that's a cool style. Yeah, totally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. No, totally. Yeah, it was it one of the early? Because I mean, I mean, uh, Dom's been working with, with Ramirez since about '99. So I mean, you know, he's been working with with Ramirez for a long time. And it's really hard to get those early releases. Oh, I, I mean, mean come yeah, on, as it's we like discussed, impossible. it's yeah, for, it's like forget about it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 so great. It's a so service great. to release them again. Absolutely. And uh, so that Black Love of Jesus, of course, and uh, I talked about Dave Gilden a little bit. Uh, we, you know, asked Richard a, qu- uh, a couple questions about Dave Gilden or David Gilden, and uh, Tronics just reissued and I believe sold out of the temporary Sedation CD, which is awesome. Uh, really weird, <laughs> harsh noise disc. We actually, you know what I did for? We actually listened to that last night as well uh, because it actually fits. Busy night. Busy, it actually busy night. fits. <laughs> Like a Christian Renault Broom kind of vibe. I like would agree with so, that because so of the samples like and stuff, or like tapes, and whatever. The, the weirdness, and, yeah, the weirdness and the and the space and the quietness. Like it, it kind of fit right in. Actually, there were points where I was like, "Wait, are we listening? What do? Oh, is this?" And then you're like, "Oh, wait, it's Dave Gilden," because you know you do kind of associate him with a little more, you know, kind of in the red, uh, full on. But this is a I, I really love uh, this this disc. A great one. Uh, a couple of distros might still have it if you uh, if you didn't grab one, uh, grab it for real. And more great stuff coming out uh, from Tronics. I just saw uh, two CCCC reissues and an Incapacitance reissue. So uh, no no complaining there. More great CDs. Um, uh, listen to the Hemu Cult Last Wish tape on Foul Prey. I think I mentioned Foul Prey a couple of episodes ago because I grabbed their uh, mm-hmm. digital discography, yeah. but. Um, Esther from Hemocult uh, sent me this tape, and it is uh, more awesome stuff from her. Just, con- you know, continuously a fan. I like hearing anything new. It's always got a nice uh, direction and well-produced. She's great. This, uh, this continues that. And then uh, over to New York for a little bit of noise. Uh, got the uh, new Breaking the Will CD on New Forces, which is Stefan from... Kyostad, whom I just did a CD release for, and who White Centipede also just did a CD release for. Uh, this is Stefan's earlier project, Breaking the Will and uh, Mortal Terrain Incendiary. Really fast-paced, harsh noise, like jumping all over the place. Uh, nicely executed, a variety of styles in there, but it all feels held together uh, under one project. It doesn't all sound like a bunch of you know different tracks are different ideas it all fits but it's got a lot of different ideas within that framework and uh star lenses for polymuse which was recommended to me by uh, justin from thousands of dead gods and shredded nerve and uh man it's it credits a microphone <laughs> as its only instrumentation and it sounds like it i was reminded of like those early 2000s uh, live prurient shows like wall of amps Two microphones, uh, constant changing, shifting feedback tones. Something that could uh, not sound right, but there's enough activity and variety in the the tone that like over a half hour release, it sounded awesome. So that's on a, I Am Elegant. Um, Sick. I've, I've heard uh, good things about that project. So we'll yeah, I think to, they also as few other people. I think they also did a tape on uh, uh, White Centipede a while back, which I missed, but uh, we'll be trying to track down because... Nice to hear something new and uh, using such a limited palette to still coax that much noise out of it is awesome. So that's my my list of recent listening. And then, you know, 
a little while ago, I put on this broom CD, not knowing what to expect. And uh, <laughs> yeah, this is this was definitely a uh, a Connolly pick, a Connolly's <laughs> pick. Uh, we were, you know, like you know, like I said, we had been in such a zone, and I was like, let's let's do normal because you know I thought it'd be cool to do kind of a you know he's broom's been around you know since the you know early eighties. In one form or another, you know, he he went by, he started going by his own name, Christian Renault, in the 2000s, but has also done stuff as Broom again, starting again in kind of the 2008 or so. Uh, but I just thought this would be a real cool one to do. Also, also, I do like it is it is kind of nice. I I do enjoy doing one that you know this is relatively available. So uh, if if what we're saying sounds cool, uh, go go pick up a copy, and I would recommend everyone pick up a copy because. Uh, this is it's weird. it fits in line to what we've been talking about lately and that's you know brains and yes. everybody's individual brains and the way brains work and it's really like I don't know there's just lots to think about when experiencing this album yeah I mean a lot of this CD this this whole CD does have to do with brains and brain waves and how brains work and uh, we got a we had a great interview with Christian Renault from Damaged Corpse Webzine from about 2008. And uh, so a lot of the information we will be dispensing throughout this episode is from that interview, as well as uh, Broom's official site where he has a lot of uh, great info about his history and timeline. But uh, he talks about this CD being very uh, inspired by the uh, man who mistook his wife for a hat. Uh, do you know that, Gray? It's a book no. by Oliver Sacks. It's about um, brain disorders. I, I am and unaware of this. It's kind of, I mean, it's, it's it's definitely one, like, I remember we read it in high school. It was, it's kind yeah, of usually a famous. Because like, it's, it's all like, like fun um, stories about strange psychological phenomenon caused by um, problems in the brain. Correct. And literally one of the stories is a man who mistook his wife for a hat. And his brain, I can't remember exactly it's, he what had a, happened. He had trouble. Um, so when you sever the corpus callosum, the thing that separates the two sides of your brain, you encounter all sorts of, you know, different issues. Um, and so this, like your left side is like writing, reading, math, language. Um, but your right side is problem solving, recognizing faces, spatial relationships, symbolic reasoning. So essentially his two sides of his brain weren't working well together. So he couldn't recognize her as his wife. Um, so his symbolic logic was missing. So he thought she was a hat. Yes. It's Weird. the same thing where it's happened where another man with his wife who had it severed, um, you know, it, it was frequently severed in the past to like resolve issues with epilepsy because it would keep the damage from spreading over to different regions of your brain. Um, but now they don't sever it wholly. And they that's kind of a last resort because some of the problems that are, arise, like like one gentleman was, um, you know, choking his wife with one hand and trying to stop his other hand. <laughs> <laughs> at the same time. Um, and like frequently people will, you know, experience things like trying to pull up their pants with one hand and then pushing down their pants with their other hand, like trying to get dressed, like essentially, you know, their two halves of their body are functioning independently. But I think this totally fits when she, it frames this album in such an interesting way because, you know, the first track split brain number one. I mean, it's just right there. And sonically, I mean, this is... I mean, I don't even know how to even begin to describe this. Well, that could be said for the whole record, and we can yeah. probably stop right <laughs> yeah. here because this thing yeah, is yeah, yeah. the the variety. It actually does have a pretty uh, 
distinct sonic palette and type of sound he uses, mm-hmm. but the whole thing is spread out and arranged so differently. So there's a lot of like recurring things in the entire album, like these uh, kind of sampled, looped, clunking, tapping, uh, drumming, some sort of tribal drum sounds, like all of this stuff you'll find in a lot of these tracks, weird synth, weird voice recordings, uh, and then just like really cool, really weird, really unidentifiable electronics, which is kind of what I think of with Broom is like this stuff is really just displaced i there's some sounds like okay that sounds like some drumming that's obviously some slowed down speech but there's stuff where i'm like is that a synth is that uh a tin can is that actual field recording is that a sound he designed on something i saw some uh studio photos and uh actually tara showed them to me it's he's got some gear uh certainly when those were taken right (laughs) uh it looks like a sequential circuit six track (laughs) Mm-hmm. In one hey, of the photos, yeah, I thought I thought our, I saw our, that too. Yeah, our one and only, uh, <laughs> our one and only synth. So that's we, what we need. We, when we want, yeah, we we know we know how to talk about sequential circuit six track. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. That's it. <laughs> and uh, of course, the uh, the Korg MS twenty I saw in some photos too, yep. and uh, among other things, of course. But my but my first it. synth and my standby. However, I'm very well versed in the Korg MS twenty. I have oh. spent nearly twenty years <laughs> with that as my mm-hmm. primary synth. Uh, and my favorite synth, I there's nothing on here that makes me go, oh man, MS20. Like it's <laughs> because it's so everything's so out of place and everything's used in such a manner that it's there is a strong narrative going on here. And knowing this, the uh, split brain stuff, I didn't know that until you just said it. It makes so much sense now the way that mm-hmm. this yeah. record is structured because there is a ton of crazy stereo stuff where things are completely different in stereo or they link up or they uh, alternate across the stereo field. And I, I can feel it. Like I, I I get that now it actually makes more Mm -hmm. sense. And he has two split brain tracks. And I think um, on both of them, it really does that thing where you get two clear and distinct, like, you know, things going on simultaneously or like each fighting with each other. Uh, and I do think the split brain number one patient was the man who mistook his wife for a hat. Like, like, <laughs> like in the book. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. In the Oliver Sacks book. <laughs> and I mean, it just starts with this. There's so many of these disembodied voices and that's how it starts. Yeah. It's so, you know, it, this, it makes it so dreamlike. Absolutely. And then it just goes into this full on, like there's moments of just absolute, insane noise but it might only happen for like two or three seconds and then the rug gets pulled and then you're back to some just totally weird space that you did Mm. not expect to go um it's disorienting too like the swelling volume is is so you know kind of strange and demented um like when I was, I used, of course, you can hear my voice now. I have asthma. I've always had it. And I used to get ear infections. And when I was like 10, I had this ear infection that made volumes change. And it sounded like things would get louder and the footsteps were approaching me. And I just remember trying to like cover my ears and like rocking, just wishing that sound would stop. And that's in this first track. Uh, so when I heard this, I was immediately like, oh, my God, like it, I hadn't thought about it in years and years. And it kind of took me back there. And like so I truly think that he nailed the sound of like your brain dysfunction and like being being confused, like absolute like neural confusion. 
Yeah, I mean, it, there's a there's a point. I think it's around two minutes and forty five seconds that just like the swell is overwhelming, and then it drops out, and then we go outside for a little bit. <laughs> like, and then we're like, <laughs> and then it's like nice. Yeah, it's like, oh. but, but then, but the, but throughout the entire time, there is this weird kind of haunting child voice loop or something like that that kind of keeps going through this track. Yeah, I heard like Buddha singing bowls, sure. you know, like underneath I, yeah, yeah. everything. Yeah, I can the, I can hear that. There there were some small bell sounds. <laughs> there were some small bells or singing bowl kind of sounds, but also like some like alarm buzzing or beeping sounds. Uh, yeah. Kindly in my notes, I have uh, 245 explode <laughs> written. Oh, there you <laughs> so go. Yeah. Exactly, so we- exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, it's a alarming yeah and the thing with with this track it just sets the tone again again this is this is the 90s this is how long can we put on a cd we're putting that much on a cd so this is a full-on 73 minute album and with this track it's kind of like all right you're not going to be able to predict where everything's gonna where you're gonna go just go with it. Like, just like, you're not going to be able to predict it, but yeah, you just, just need right. to go just with back. it. Like, just sit back and let it happen. Cause that's the only way, uh, uh, to experience this. I'm looking at my notes and on almost every single track on this thing. In fact, the only one I didn't write it on was El Dopa. It looks like every mm-hmm. other track has the word weird written in it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's truly, it's truly weird. I, you know, the, the, also the oddity to me was like the, I found his, the textural elements to be really unusual. Yes. Like when he does crunchy, it is like it, you feel crunchy. It's Somebody like, is in the room. It's like you're chewing on aluminum foil and it's almost like even sometimes it's like underwater crunchy. Like I, it's a, he achieves some the sound and textures like unlike I've heard. I wrote, or maybe it's just turned up so hard. <laughs> I wrote moving branches down under one of the tracks because it's it, I pictured like branches full of dead leaves getting shuffled around, and it's that same. Yeah. It's a weird crunchy. It's like an organic in the room with you crunchy. It's not a. There's actually not a lot of uh, distortion on this stuff. It, I wouldn't Mm-mm. call it t- traditionally noisy. There's a little bit of high pitch sound on it, but it's certainly more in the experimental realm throughout the entire thing. But some of the sounds are quite harsh or nasty that he builds to, or like the sheer immensity of the layers and the dynamic shift, like the volume shifts in it uh, and where things are placed lends it to actually having some jarring moments without going full bore, like, you know, wild, harsh noise. And I think we do need to note that um, Christian Renu does not use a computer at this point. He didn't start using a computer in his work until about 2000. So uh, this is done completely with tape. Yeah, correct. And and it's, yeah, everything. Well, I mean, other electronics as well. well right, like probably yeah, like yeah. Samplers. He has a ton of gear. But if you go like to his website, sampler, it's great. Uh, yeah, there's in, definitely in a arsenal. sampler, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you know, Landed, the second track, you know, there's just... There's a really just loop that's floating in the air. And then, yeah, then this is where we really start to get the like, feels like someone is in the room mm-hmm. crackling and crunching. And it is so just like bright and present. Yeah, I wrote bright too. Yeah, it's this is very, it's a very visual track. I agree. This one to me, uh, it really, it, it held on to elements from split brain number one. And it reminded me of it throughout like, in the beginning, 
certainly I was like, oh, this is kind of a continuation of some of these ideas, but uh, it takes another seven minutes in the middle of the track to get back to kind of reminding me again of the, the first track. This one was some real, like, I, I, at this point I was like, I'm in a spaceship, but, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. it's like, there's like, like a, a jungle spaceship. There's like tribal drumming and weird sounds of night and crunchy sounds and things coming like from around me. But there's also this like pressurized atmosphere kind of weird noise that goes on through it. And things knocking on the outside of the ship or I don't know. It was, it was really gave me this really weird imagery uh, because everything is so displaced. Like none of the sounds quite go together in the way that you expect them to. And it gives you a, a really varied visuals. And, and even in the interview that we were reading, um, Christian Renew talks about like how he, he only likes to work alone because he likes to be an individual, like a painter and, and kind of like when we talk about using a person as a filter, um, he says, I think of music through a visual state. When I create sounds, I think of colors. And when I mix these sounds together, I imagine paintbrushes and palette. Nobody else can do it for me. And I think that's, that's, yeah, I think, yep, that makes total sense because yeah, this is, this whole album is super visual. Actually, I would, the, I would compare it to uh, a recent album we did, Nord uh, Electronic Initiation, as far yeah. as, as far as the visuals you get while listening to this. And again, I think we went to the jungle and that I went underwater at one point mm -hmm. in this track. And then this ghost light kind of came in at one point and this track being called landed. My, I, uh, my question about this track is, are we landing? Have we already landed? <laughs> are we, are we like, I wasn't sure when we were supposed to have been landed because I kept, are we landed now? Nope. Here we go again. No, like, it's about oh, 11 you know, minutes in that you landed. Oh, is that oh, what it is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought of landed in a totally different way during this track because I kept thinking it sounded like um, a clinical floor and like dropping pencils and dropping, um, you know, like ball bearings. And like there's this ominous sound, like the anxiety with like dropping things. Maybe it's because I'm so clumsy. So for <laughs> me, my landed was having things just kind of like fall apart. Um, and that was my landed. Well, and... Yeah, speaking of things fall apart, that's one of the quotes. Oh, in, I love it in the uh, in the the um, Kafka quote. Yeah, he's he has these quotes on the front page of his um, website, and then also on, on the, the inside of yeah. the booklet. And it's actually the things. It's the Yates quote: uh, "Things fall apart. The center cannot hold. Mere anarchy is loosed upon the world," which is a very very famous quote that's been used for many different things. But I think. Yeah. You know, things fall apart in this album and sometimes they get put back together and sometimes they don't. And, but but they kind of take you to a whole new place that you you weren't expecting. Well, let's just read the other one since we're already there. The Kafka. Uh, you can hold yourself back from the suffering of the world. This is something you're free to do. It is in accord with your nature. But perhaps precisely this holding back is the only suffering that you might be able to avoid. Excellent. Don't hold wow. back, peoples. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you know, Gray, it's funny. You said you wrote the word weird for every track except for El Dopa. It looks like 
El Dopa is the only track that I had the word weird written for. So somehow you and I were uh, on some weird uh, yin-yang kind of thing. You guys are being left brain, right brain about it. Because for me, that manic opening, that manic opening rhythm section, I said manic opening weird rhythm. That's the Mutants marching band. Dude, it is such a crazy way to open a track. It's fun. I also uh, so wrote down a circus insana on this one because it gave me these <laughs> like earlier nurse with wound vibes. Actually, I think that's a pretty big touchstone for this CD is like it's very much 80s nurse with wound with uh, maybe more electronics. I can mm. I can definitely uh, get with that. I I'm, well, so, I thought you were gonna have an interview uh, c- quote to say like oh, yeah, he says he says there's <laughs> a, a huge fact. influence because really like <laughs> I was waiting for it. I'm like I kinda, they're gonna have they're gonna have something where he's like oh yeah nurse with wound uh, but really like this one uh, it this isn't the first time or actually no this might be the first time in this record that I'm reminded of like a Jodorowsky film. Um, and yeah. okay. Sana Sangre in particular in this one and also parts of El Topo uh, in terms of the sound and this this one definitely had this like failed parade <laughs> vibe to it that I really liked well so you're talking about a quote of his inspiration and he says um, you know they they he was asked if he considers his music coming from an urban world. And Broom says, well, yeah, of course it is. Otherwise, I would have done music like Etat Dane, which I like a lot. But initially, I was fascinated by the biomechanical of H.R. Geiger and by the prospects of M.C. Escher, Outsiders, the universe rigging and paranoid books by Philip K. Dick, visiting power plants, factories, bunkers, and so on. Also, this gave me a starting point for creating a piece. So I think it's I think it's yeah. cool that you know, like again, his a lot of his inspiration is like factories and like yeah. you know, <laughs> MC Escher. But you know, it's like he captures again, going the through, mundane so well. Totally, you know, just footsteps on a floor sounds so um, disturbing. Yeah, and he even said like a, a dripping from a faucet could be an inspiration mm-hmm. for a track, which totally makes sense to me. Oh, there's even um, a weird the, kind of watery drone on Eldopa. <laughs> Absolutely, there is. And then the sp- at one point, the, I, I thought our speaker wires were actually coming to, apart, uh, <laughs> and that maybe we need to look into our. Uh, but it, but in a way that's like not like you know in not, not like a a like a lo-fi kind of way in in this like oh my god like something's like happening in our room wrong. yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> well, L dopa is levodopa. It's the precursor to the neurotransmitters dopamine, norepinephrine, and epinephrine. So uh, you know it's. Where you get adrenaline and dopamine, so I think this really um, gets the vibe of that perfectly. There, right it on. is adrenaline injected, especially when, <laughs> yeah. especially those drums, because they do go away and then come back again, and they just get like you're just on this open plane of like adrenaline and like just surrealism. It's it's wild. I, I noted them as space travel. <laughs> Totally. I mean, I. I mean, dude, a hundred percent. Again, it's we're in like Philip K. Dick, like paranoid, like adrenaline world. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's a there's a high level of anxiety to this entire record, which is so weird too, because it has soft and confusing moments. But but truly, I, I think that the a lot of, a lot of mental anguish and anxiety. Definitely. I. <laughs> 
think part of the anxiety that comes with this record is that once you're three tracks in, you have absolutely no clue what the hell is going to happen next. Right. <laughs> so when Korsakov syndrome comes on, you're both completely prepared and not at all ready for it. No, no. that's just totally warped <laughs> vocals of like what is happening haunted and odd (laughs) it's unfortunate this is a minute 49 because i i hate to say the shortest track on an album is my favorite but man this one is so cool it's so and and the panic sets in because you nothing there's whatever these vocals are nothing good is happening like nothing good is going to happen (laughs) and the panic just sets in and then yeah you're it's completely taken away I think it's the panic is fueled by the uh, sort of looped breathing and panting sounds that come in yeah. halfway through, too. Yeah, it's, it's so nuts. funny because when I'm writing, I was like, wow, this is haunted. This is odd. Is this soothing? <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> what is, uh, Tara, what is the uh, Korsakov syndrome? It's uh, the vitamin B1, which is thiamine deficiency. It's caused by a prolonged alcohol abuse generally, although people can be born with it. It uh, causes all sorts of amnesia. So you lose basically your long-term memories. Some of them, a lot of your ability to, you know, keep short-term memories. Uh, You have a lack of insight into what's happening in a situation and you are barely able to hold a a conversation. So it's generally happened after, after a lifetime of heavy drinking, uh, people become detached and quiet. Uh, um, uh, so, uh, uh, yeah. I know. I'm like, everybody take your vitamin B1. Vitamin B1. Yeah, I will state here, Noise Extra, uh, big proponents of uh, vitamin B before a <laughs> night of imbibing. And it does help. It's uh, absolutely true. We take full spectrum vitamin B. Uh, so you want B1, B5, B6, B12, yeah. all of the Bs. You can get it in a liquid form. It's good for you. Take it. Helps your brain. Otherwise, your brain is going to sound like this track. Which, again... <laughs> You know, might you know? Again, it's a cool, we it's like Grace's it. Favorite Sounds track. cool. Grace's yeah. favorite track. It's, it's Grace's favorite. So you know, we you know we're not not necessarily yeah. a bad thing. I guess. What does that uh, say about me? Wow. Uh, weird is actually the second word I wrote uh, in this track. The first word being "whoa." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if that gives any clue to how my brain works, by the way, when I'm making notes, I write stuff like "wow" and "whoa." Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean. But what's what's kind of nice, and I mean, again, this this album is is laid out, you know, so so cool, and there's just there's a real reset after that track again. Oh, wow. With like, you don't know where you're gonna go. You have no idea where this is gonna take you. Split brain number two. There's like a kind of a, just a, a a second half of the album reset, and there's a quieter beginning. Yeah, it's like mellow, modern, classical composition or something. It's like really, uh, it's melodic, but it's still weird and twisty. And then it all changes at the three minute mark. I thought that that, it was like a flute, like an electronic flute sound. And I thought it had an odd loop to it, which gave it kind of an unusual gait. Um, But I will say that in that book, there's another patient, who has damage on her corpus callosum, which connects the two sides of your brain. And so she was neglecting one side of her body. She refused to acknowledge that it existed. She did not want to see or interact with her left half. So like basically she could be really hungry. And if they put left and it was, it was an aging patient. And if they put food on her left-hand side, she would refuse to pick it up, refuse to acknowledge it. When shown a video of um, 
the left side of her body. Um, she became increasingly uncomfortable and asked them to turn it off and it upset her. So she refused to acknowledge and the left side of her body was atrophying. So wow. weird, right? Whoa. So that, so the split brain, you have that like pretty flute and it's like only mildly unsettling and it goes on for a good period of time. And then you get that thing that disturbed me so much as a child, like that, that growing pressure, chugging, something's coming closer and closer and closer and closer to you. And it becomes really ominous. And then it kind of bottoms out and gets nice again. So it's like this lady. I, I thought of it as, I called it a crystal build. Like, like oh. that's just what I called it. Like, I was like, <laughs> this has a crystal build. Like something about this track is like looking through glass and maybe, maybe it is see like, that. Maybe it is like this this woman looking kind of like seeing her other side through like a glass or through like a foggy glass She's or something. watching half of her body decay. Yeah. Silently. Yeah. <laughs> so wild. You know, I really like what Broom had to say about obscuring the the welding points. Uh, what was that in that interview? There was something to that extent, which I thought was a really cool way of kind of describing how he um, kind of composes these tracks. Because kind of like you said, Gray, like mm -hmm. there's you really can't tell how he's doing this. It's not like you're sitting there like, Oh, he's pushing a, a you know, a pedal. Oh, he's twisting the knob. Like, it's not that you're just kind of like, what is he doing? Like, how is this happening? Like, and, and he said he really likes like that kind of obscuring the, you know, the connections, obscuring the welding points, like in a sculpture or something like that. And I think it's a really cool way yes. of kind of describing the process, but also even the name broom. I mean, broom is, is French for fog. Uh, it's and, foggy. And, <laughs> yeah. And he, you know, he said it's, you know, the, the, the myth, the landscape in the mist is always something that's, you know, inspired him or he said, I love things that are not defined, which are clouded and indistinct. This sensitivity has created an uncertain aesthetic side in me, either visual or audio or otherwise. And it's always been present in my home. Exactly. And I think that's like, it's, I think that's a perfect, a really, really cool way of describing the word. Wow. But then we get to segment A. And Terry, you, you were saying that now there's another CD kind of from this, a similar time on crowd control uh, activities of um, drafts of collisions. And there's other track called segment at, with letters. Um, but these relate to uh, parts of the brain, correct, Sarah? Yeah, I, I think that it re relates to the segmentation present on a brain scan MRI. Well, yeah, I don't know which segment correlates to which, I will be honest. Um, right. like, but again, we're just kind of going with there are, this. There are many, many segments in the brain scans. But yes, I, I wrote that I can't figure out um, which segment this is. Maybe the emotions, because this is wild. The outside is crawling <laughs> inside it is, is what's happening. Bananas. Uh, and there is nothing <laughs> holding it back. Uh, yeah. The rattle in our brains never ceases. And that is true. And this track uh, exemplifies that. To it me. is like throwing a bowling ball at the inside of a grand piano. It is crazy sounding. that's a very cartoony image and i after the sort of tape pause and weird thumping i i got this uh this picture of like a haunted cartoon mansion that was where, <laughs> really? yeah. yeah like with the doors opening and closing and thumping dude uh the 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 lid of the piano opening and closing and totally. slamming yeah. on itself and uh this is actually the one where i wrote uh Yodorowsky on it uh because it, it gave the that 
it stops and at four minutes there's sort of like a ritual that begins and then ends uh, quickly. <laughs> yep, we are taken at four minutes. We head to another world, uh, <laughs> a world full of manic rituals. Uh-huh. Is exactly uh, where I was at four manic minutes. Manic <laughs> ritual. Yeah, it's it's hyperactive. This track. It's it's truly um, it's wild. It's unhinged. The, Absolutely. The sounds on this whole album multiply and then divide and then add and subtract and spill. And it's just, oh man. Yeah. And this track, especially yeah, at one point, I think, oh, I think around seven thirty something, seven thirty ish or so. This terrifying noise fills the room, oh, and then ugh. spills out over everything, and then just chaos uh, opens up. My, well, my notes have seven thirty written down. So too. something That's- happened. Looks like we were. Looks like <laughs> looks like uh, things now you were guys happening. are on the same page. The two sides <laughs> of the brain are together again. That's right. That's right. Uh, and it's getting wild. Um, I I was thinking about. During this, seeing pictures of Broom in his studio, of Kashir Manu in his studio, I didn't realize, because he doesn't do a ton of live appearances, he wears, like, a crazy mask sometimes. Like, there's several pictures of him wearing, like, um, it looks like it's made of paper mache or masking tape, and there's tubes connected, like a huge um, vacuum hose, and there's a funnel on the end. <laughs> And some sometimes he's he puts a, a trumpet or a trombone in there. Sometimes he's got a plastic bag over his head. Sometimes he's like, just got just... a plastic bag over his head. So <laughs> really, when we hear that mumbling uh, after, you know, really looking at his photos on his website and things like that, I, I can only imagine him in this like blinding apparatus, just like rolling around and mumbling and like screaming through this vacuum hose out the funnel on the other end. Or maybe somebody screaming into the funnel into his head. I have no idea, but it could go either way. The strangest <laughs> thing just happened while you were talking about that. And the audio from Tara just had like a pitch down. It was like it was running through a boss PS3 or something, had a pitch down <laughs> like sub octave on it the whole time you were saying that on my recording from our, our uh Wow, it sounded like a here. demon. It was really, really strange. The fog of Christian Renault has entered the audio. This, I'm that's, screaming that's this into album, the funnel. Man. This album, there's something really, really. Uh, there's something. There's something to this album. There's something very haunted Do you about know this album. There, you know, I think that's what's so fun about. Um, thoughts and brains and all these things because as many weird things as we see in the world and many dangerous situations you're in when you're put into something that compromises your actual like mental faculties and integrity then you get a totally different sort of discomfort and fear uh and i think that that's kind of what he's tackling in and at least this album is just you know what can happen to somebody's mind I think obviously there's sort of a Dadaist sense of humor to all of mm-hmm. what he's got going on here, but my favorite joke on the entire record is that it's called normal. Well, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, yes. it's it's so great. It's just like yep, normal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, MG34. There's some voices whispering to us after we leave this haunted realm of segment A. And maybe some of those voices were getting into the audio over the waves. Yeah, they're walking around too. Because it's got that EVP, like, whoa. like, And again, we were just in this haunted realm, but it's still kind of lingering, you know? 
This one, the the speech, and there's all these sort of small sounds. You know, I talk about yes. that, I think, a lot, but these sort of more inconsequential, non, non-boomy, non-heavy sounds that you get mm-hmm. in this thing. Uh, and there's almost the sound of Velcro being ripped a couple times, Something. but it doesn't actually sound like Velcro. So, right, but again, it's, that, it's that kind of feel. Yeah, it, yeah it's, I thought I heard zippers on one of the tracks too. I agree. Yeah. I, it might be Velcro. Why not? <laughs> well, he would do it. And, and, and here I was in a ho- I was I was looking down a hospital hall, mm-hmm. and and there were answers behind the doors. And actually, I think we've mentioned uh, uh, a couple times, but it it kind of did remind me of the scene in Exorcist Three with the you know looking down the hall, and then you know that's that the the classic scene. Uh, the, I was kind of taken in this this very clinical, empty, dark uh, hospital hallway where things were happening behind the doors. And we don't know what those things, and maybe every time you open a door, it'd be a different thing than the last thing you saw. And I was wondering even if this track title was a joke, uh, because it's this is totally me, but like MG, like capital M, small case G is magnesium, and magnesium is important for your brain health. But 34 is not really a number that it's not an isotope of magnesium. It's not a general dosage of magnesium, but an MG 34 is a German machine gun. So I was wondering if maybe it was like a play on it or a joke. I have no idea. Ah. It may not be at all. But um, yeah, I don't know what the 34 stands for because it's not an isotope, a dosage or a measurement level of any person. If you have like a 21 of magnesium in your brain, you immediately go into a coma. Oh, wow. So this is like so overdose. So if they have 34, you're overdosed and dead. Wow, yeah. like you would be with a machine gun. Yes, exactly. Wow, wow. So, but, but you said, and, you, and this is a psychotic track. So, you so know. what does what is what does magnesium do for the brain, Doctor? Oh Tara. man, I don't. Uh, I actually don't remember. D- what dude, I mean, magnesium me, you, you, does. trust me. Nobody is. No one's. Uh, no uh, one's. No one is uh, mad that you don't I'm know. I'm thinking because I, I I would have known at one time. I know stress depletes your magnesium significantly, but magnesium is a um I think a heavy metal, so you don't want too much of it. Well, look, as long you don't, we know that you don't want too much magnesium. That's for sure. You don't want too much. You certainly don't want 34. Because <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden much. you're going to be in too you know, much. You're going to be in one of these. Your your brain is going to split. But it's great for stress and and helps your immune system. Don't take too much, though. Bad. <laughs> really bad. Really, really bad. <laughs> this one has uh, some like cool, weird, displacing field recordings in it, too, uh, along with uh, like clanging metal and some water sounds. We talked about the drip earlier. This has you definitely get some some water on this track. The, the mix of sounds is really weird. Like I said, there's these small sounds and then there's some pounding and some sort of more identifiable field recording stuff. Uh, which I always like. I, it's it's a cheap way to add to a track. Almost, I'll listen to pretty much anything with a field recording and like a nice noisy mm-hmm. drone or <laughs> tone. So, <laughs> oh yeah, because it, it it sets it sets the atmosphere. It's a great way to set the atmosphere. Uh, and to me, the segment C, I was wind was filling the room. There, it really wasn't a sound of wind, but I was getting the feel of wind. Uh, especially at the beginning of that track. I thought this was a Philip K. Dick track. Like this whole thing was just so like, you know, atmosphere, outer space, mental space, all combined into one big creepy ball. I was I, I was on the uh, the open brain plane and there was a bright sun and it was dusty and all of a sudden reality split open and there was no going back. I mean, we're on we're on the, you know, the tail end of the album here. These last two tracks. But you really 
the reality you knew before hitting play is out the window uh, because yes. oh, yeah. you're in an entirely new reality. And even for like two seconds in this track, I, I just thought of Crank Sturgeon. Like, oh, there is a part. There is <laughs> there's like, springs. Or there's a kind of like a... Uh, doing, like a, doing, doing. Yeah, or like that kind of spring being like pulled to its brink. And mm-hmm. yeah, she's like, oh, this reminds me of Crank Sturgeon. Like, yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. Uh, this one is another one where I, I actually made the note cartoonish. And I think that's... Yeah, I, that's probably... Yeah, yeah. The uh, that's one of the things that I definitely notice in this record is sort of cartoon sound effects, uh, but not actually those sounds, just things used in the same way as cartoon sound effects are like these sort of out of character things that lend it uh, humor, but also a surreal quality. Yeah, it's like nearly zany, but not quite. Yeah, it's not actually like a, you know, Wiley Coyote smorgasbord of samples or something, but it's these sounds used to the to an anvil drop off a cliff effect or something like it's not they're they're not actually cartoony sounds, but they're applied for the same effect. I mean, yeah, very much Dada style, you know, yeah, incorporate yeah, a similar, you know, humor. It's segment L Mm-hmm. You get this. It's weird tape speed warbling loop thing, and then some. You get some French. That was my favorite crunch on this. That was my favorite sound on this whole album. I loved that crunch on this one. It was like such a visceral crunch. I just loved it. There's that. Yeah. There's a really disorienting loop. And there, yeah, it's kind of like a drill opening the earth. That's what I was. I was like, oh, the, the earth is now open. The brain is never the same again. Uh, and yeah, whatever segment segment L is, it is it is uh, lost to time uh, after this track. <laughs> that's for sure. Well, I was taken um, to a, like a fighter plane. Uh, you know, uh, never say die <laughs> uh, <laughs> cover or let you know like. The uh, communication between fighter pilots and the pressurization of the cockpit in a fighter plane. Oh, wow. Oh, Some of yeah, these sounds that's crazy. And the speed at which the, the track moves at points. And uh, and the, I don't, don't want to say weird French implying that the French is weird, but you know, the weird French. Well, to, well, to our, uh, you know, to our, I mean, to our ears, obviously, it's it, 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 it does, it has an abstract feel since... Especially, this is especially great. You and I certainly don't understand what you're saying. Tara may have caught a word or two. She understands I, I it a little more than a ton. us. It was going through so many filters. I, I did have trouble really picking out specific words. I think it was an intent, intentionally left vague. Yeah. I don't. I don't think we were supposed to. I really think that understand. could be a like, sticker on the yeah. cover of this record. Intentionally <laughs> left vague. Intentionally left vague. And I mean, after all this. We fade to black and we're left just with our own. We're left back with our own brains. Yeah, you got your own brain to worry about. And <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep, that is true. Isn't that isn't that life? You got your own brain to worry about. Yep. Now Thank you got you, your own brain yeah. to worry about. <laughs> I love it. Um, but yeah, wow. I mean, this is just what what a ride this album took all of us on. And I love that everyone kind of had diff- real different kind of different rides, you know? And I, it was just surprising all around. Like even hearing this album the first time, like it's the type of thing like you immediately forget. I don't know why, but like hearing it again after so long, I was like, this was nothing like I remembered it. Well, yeah, because I mean, early, like I said, earlier in the year, we were in such a broom zone. So we listened to the CD yeah. a bunch then. Like I said, I had, you know, I was- I thought it was going to be more field recordings, like, you know, something a little- 
you know, like more low energy. Right. And then even listen to it last night. I feel like we didn't hear it. <laughs> and then hearing it, you know what I mean? Like it was. Just, but you know what? Even even after last night, we listened to it pretty late. So you know, I yeah. had a couple glasses of white wine. Yeah. Uh, and and even then, it just made perfect sense. Like, oh yeah, this is great. No, I bet <laughs> it's gonna sound totally different the next time we listen to it too. Yeah. So that's that's a very that's to me that is a mark of a uh, special album, and this is a very special haunted album. Uh, that yeah, if you if you haven't heard it, I I cannot recommend enough and christian we it's really it cool i mean i don't know if we really discussed like his lengthy discography like he has he has put a lot of things out and you know hit it heavily since like 1985 yep. did broom to till around like 2001 and then was going to pick it back up in 2008 yep um but you know it he just has like a really interesting large and you know, in my opinion, a well thought out body of work and has interesting takes on just subjects that generally are focused on like sociology and the way we think. Uh, so if you're into that sort of thing, that's like right up my alley because um, it's fun to think about the way we think. Right. Absolutely. It is <laughs> just really just really let that one spiral out of control there. Have fun. Get inside your own head. Create your own hell. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, I I was I know we were uh drooling with jealousy. You would uh you, Gray, were staying at a uh a friend's house not too long ago. Oh yeah, and, I stayed uh, at Kyle's house a, and he had a million a, broom tapes. <laughs> Oh, it was so cool. It was amazing to see. Because, yeah, I mean, yeah. he's got most of his stuff, you know, in the 80s was cassette, you know, was cassette culture. I mean, that's where he yeah. comes from. And we'll include a link to his website, um, which has you know, the covers of most things, pictures of his studio, um, just tons and tons of information, like his biography, like even even down to like, you know, the first time I saw a racer head yeah, <laughs> in, yeah. a, in a timeline, just so you know where he was oh, mentally. And, and I it's love great, it. too, because before... <laughs> Uh, before starting, you know, Broom, he was in like a prog band, and yeah. there's pictures of of him in the prog band, uh, kind of late seventies, <laughs> early eighties, and there. It looks sweet, awesome, it's great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, if you if you're into that sort of thing, like you know, go check out his history. It's I, I thought it was a really fun little. If you're gonna go down an internet hole, it's a it's a inspirational one to go down, um, especially when people like document themselves so heavily. I, I always. Um, appreciate it because then you can kind of get a, a good, you know, taste of where they are in different points in time. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Awesome. Well, I think that kind of wraps up broom normal. What do you think? Gray? I think we're, I think we're good. I think we did it. Well, thanks wow. for, uh, thanks for thanks listening. Everyone. And you know no, what? We, I'm going to do this. We? Okay, oh, we're, good. we're an hour. We're good. Uh, and I think I'm going to do this right now instead of sticking it in the end cap. So, uh, guess what? Thanks to everyone listening, but extra special thanks to our patrons who subscribe on Patreon. We've got J.S. Aurelius, Damian McPherson, Skeleton Dust, Chance Alewine, Michael Worthy, Brian Sowell, Abhinavesha Noise, Graham Shapley, Aiden M., Matt, Standard Gray, Eric Ortiz, Barry Nielsen, Ben West, S.B., Joe, Lynn Havid, Scott C., Kevin Kerwan, Dean Endress, Travis Dodge, Eric Carlson, Aaron Dillaway, Simon Cox, Michael Turner, John Smithy, Matt Crikew, Derek Rush, Zachary Moffat, 
Jucka Matilla, Dylan, and Jorge Castro. Anyway, uh, thanks a lot to our patrons. Got over a hundred episodes of stuff up there. If you sub at the ten dollar level, uh, a little bit less. If you sub at the five dollar level, uh, two dollar level gets you a shout out and uh, our undying love. Thank you so much. Yes, we really, really appreciate yes, it. Yes, thank you so much. It's you get a couple, uh, awesome. get, get a couple, couple, or another broom, another episode uh, on broom uh, over there on the uh, seven inch on drone record. So yeah, yeah, you can hear hear the seven inch that uh, got us on this kick started it all. Heck yeah! You've been listening to Noise Extra. Noise Extra is brought to you by Chondritic Sound, a home to noise artists for over seventeen years, by Verdant Weapons, maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices, and by our Patreon supporters. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash noise extra, and your support really helps. You can find us on Instagram at noise extra, on the web at noise extra.com, one E in those, and on Twitter at noise extra, with three A's at the end. Thank you for listening to us and to noise.